Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of the Postscript Shorts, where we interview uh, students from Living Faith Bible Institute and ask them about their testimony of faith, how they came to know Jesus Christ, uh, what God has done in their life in terms of discipleship, how He's grown them and molded them into His image, and then ultimately, what is He doing in their lives? What's the calling on their life, and, and how is God using LFBI to help them achieve that? And so today, I am honored to have uh, Scott Sandy with us, who I actually do not know that well. Um, I know of him. I know that he's a student in the school. I know that he gets good grades. I know that. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I want to introduce Scott. Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Man, we're, we're grateful for what God's doing in your life. And so I think the easiest thing to do in terms of introducing the audience to you is just to let you talk about your ministry and what God's doing with Seedline and all of that stuff. Where are you at and what, what is God doing right now in your life? Okay, well, I'm in uh, upstate New York. My family and I moved here from the Midwest um, almost 16 years ago, and uh, we went on staff at Valley Bible Baptist Church, uh, which was the home of Northeast Baptist Seedline, which is a John and Romans ministry out of our church. Uh, the ministry's been there for about 35 years, and uh, we partner with Bearing Precious Seed, which is a printing ministry uh, out of First Baptist Church in Milford, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is work with churches all throughout the Northeast, uh, assembling John and Romans in English for church planting and local church use, as well as uh, in foreign languages for missionaries all over the world. And so Bearing Precious Seed will print the scriptures, and then we'll bring them in uh, trailer loads at a time. And uh, then I have a trailer and a truck and equipment, and so I'll go to churches and do seed line projects. The church will do anywhere from five to 25,000 John and Romans over the course of a weekend. And all the churches working together here in the Northeast, it, it equals, in a normal year, uh, over half a million John and Romans produced for wow. the mission field as well as uh, local church use. So it's, it's just a tremendous ministry. And it's so awesome to watch people handling God's Word this way and, and being right. able to see it from the origin of its print and, and binding all the way to loading it on a truck to send it to some other place in the world or to be used in a, a local ministry somehow. Right. You can have an 8-year-old and an 80-year-old sitting side by side, folding covers at a table, ministering together. It, it really is uh, just an awesome way for a church to get involved, not just, you know, for a project to do, but, uh, you know, helping to get the gospel all over the world. So I, I want to know a little bit about your testimony of salvation and how you came to Christ and, and how this journey that you're on uh, began. So maybe you could take us back to your childhood and, and share with us how you came to know Jesus. Sure. I'm actually from Ohio, grew up in, uh, in Ohio, uh, was actually born in Columbus when my dad was in medical school at Ohio State, so I'm kind of a lifelong Buckeye. Both my mom and dad were from Lima, Ohio, which is more Northwest Ohio, and uh, so when he finished all his school and residency and all that, they moved back there. And uh, so I was enrolled in, in a local Christian school there in Lima, and uh, so I was young when I heard the gospel and uh, came home and, and started asking my mom questions. And uh, I don't remember so much that day in school specifically. And I really don't even remember initially coming home and, and asking her questions, but I can remember 
my mom and I sitting on my bed, and she got her Bible, and she showed me um, what I needed to do to be saved. And uh, so I, I responded to the gospel. I knew I was a sinner. I needed a Savior, so I accepted Christ as my Savior. I was really young when I did that, but, um, you know, the Lord just then began to grow me. We We were you know, members of a of a Baptist church, and uh, I went to Christian school, the same Christian school, kindergarten through twelfth grade, and graduated. But um, I sort of went through a little bit of a season in high school and even through college where I, I didn't I didn't rebel and go off the deep end or anything crazy. But you know, I wanted to go to college and get a job and just kind of do my own thing. And spiritual things weren't a priority at all. And so mm-hmm. I wasn't really going to church, you know, and worked a lot, that kind of thing. Um, but through that, I ended up getting married. My wife um, didn't grow up in a Christian home, so she got saved later in life. But we got married and uh, I got a job and, you know, we had two daughters and then uh, moved uh, from Lima to an, another town in Ohio uh, because of my job and and got back in church at that point, realized we needed to kind of get serious about serving the Lord. Mm -hmm. And from there, actually moved again, another promotion, kind of moving up in the company I was working for. And we ended up in Southeast Michigan. And it was actually at our church there that we were first exposed to Bearing Precious Seed and the Seedline Ministry. And so over Mm -hmm. the course of several years, the Lord just used an annual Seedline project that we would do there at our church in Michigan in conjunction with our missions conference to kind of work on our hearts. And so in 2005, my wife and I went forward. We surrendered to do whatever the Lord would have us do and uh, hoping and praying that it would be something with Seedline, but really having no idea what the Lord would do. Mm -hmm. But then about a year later, he opened the door to uh, move to upstate New York and and work in the Seedline ministry full-time through through our church here. And that's what we've been doing for the last 16 years. And and so that's that's kind of the overview of where I came from and, and what God has done up to this point. Wow, man, that's exciting. So what is ministry like? In terms of your involvement with the local church and, and how does the church help support the, the work that you're doing uh, alongside it? So I'm sent out of my local church, really kind of like a home-based missionary. Uh, our church is is fully invested in the Seedline ministry. Uh, they mm. Bearing Precious Seed has told us that we were one of the first three churches all the way back in the 1980s uh, to get involved with them in, in helping to assemble the John and Romans. And so uh, I'm not really, I mean, I'm kind of on staff, but I'm not home a lot. Obviously, I travel mm-hmm. quite a bit. I think I've been out 17 times so far this year in churches and one Christian school to do the Seedline projects. But we do stay plugged into our church when we can. Um, we're involved with our seniors ministry and uh, teach a seniors Bible study, that type of thing. And so, um, cool. but our seed line is, it's part of the DNA of our church. I mean, we have folks that are there who they've been there since the beginning and uh, been doing it for a lot of years. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your spiritual formation in terms of people investing in you. Were there Were there people in your life that were mentors to you or invested a, a, you know, discipleship into your life and, and helped you grow in a way that was particularly, you know, worth noting? Probably would have started uh, with my parents, you know, having the privilege of growing up in a Christian home. My dad especially would have had uh, a lot of uh, role in my upbringing 
both physically and spiritually. Several of the the men that I met once we kind of got involved with bearing precious seed there in Michigan, and and uh, a couple of guys that uh, that I knew, then because of that ministry, who were out of Milford, Ohio, um, really invested in me. And and even though we didn't spend a ton of time together, um, you know, just encouraging and just being somebody that I could reach out to, you know, with questions. Because I felt, right. you know, I had felt for a couple of years that God was doing something, but I didn't know where it was leading or what it was ultimately going to do. Um, and then really just, uh, you know, training in my local church, both in Michigan under my pastor there, as well as even when we moved out here. Uh, we have mm-hmm. a, a new pastor now the last couple of years, but the pastor who was here when we first moved here, um, he invested in me a lot kind of one-on-one when we first came. And we spent a lot of time together in those early days. And so um, I, it, it was more of a discipleship by um, just mentoring, I guess. Yeah, through the um, ministry did, itself. Yeah, exactly. I, I went to Christian school and, and was in church for as long as I can remember. So um, it was more more the mentoring and encouraging, I think, that that God really used through those people in my life. Yeah, one of the things that we say around here a lot is uh, men don't build ministry, but ministry builds men. And it's right. the work of doing the ministry that kind of, uh, you know, forces you into a trajectory and a path mm-hmm. that imp- it imposes discipleship on you in many ways. Right. Yes. So, Scott, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family and, and what's their involvement in ministry with you and, and what are your kids like? Uh, just fill, fill me in on what life is like for you. All right. Well, uh, as I said, we have two daughters. Our oldest daughter then has two boys, so we're actually grandparents. We have two grandsons, oh, wow. and, and they're local here, so they're they're six and five, and so we get to see them all the time. Uh, in fact, we're they're they're both doing a kindergarten uh, homeschool through a Becca DVD program, and so we do that with them. So oh, that's they fun. keep us really busy. And they're great. Our youngest daughter uh, just got married in December, and she and her husband live in Connecticut. Um, and what's kind of neat is they actually met. He he's he's a member of a church. His dad is actually the pastor of a church in Connecticut <clears throat> that got involved with our seedline ministry, having us out each year to do seedline projects. And so uh, they met and and got to know each other a little bit, and then kind of went through the process of. Uh, of getting to know each other a little more and making things official and ultimately were engaged and then got married last December. So they wow. live in Connecticut now. And, and so he's praying about ministry and what God would have them do. Isn't it a wonderful thing to have your kids um, come to know their, their spouse through ministry itself, right? Like, yeah, that's such a wonderful and uh, probably, you know, peaceful, <laughs> comforting thought. <laughs> it is. Yes. Yeah. Tell us how you came to, to hear about LFBI and, and ultimately how did you come to get involved and be a student here? Yeah, so another church's live stream that I tuned into, the pastor mentioned this uh, podcast he'd been listening to, and uh, it was the Theology Roundtable podcast. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd never heard of it, uh, never heard of those guys, though I had heard of uh, First Baptist Church of New Philly, um, but I didn't, I didn't know anything about those guys. So I thought, well, okay, that's interesting. I'll check that out. I listened probably um, to 
I don't know, a dozen or 15 episodes because I just then went back in the archives and started picking up ones with interesting titles. I kind of found out about uh, uh, the Certainty Conference, which I've never had a chance to go to, but I looked up some archives there. Um, and so then, you know, I hear names like Mark Trotter. So I bought uh, his book on the keys to Bible study and and uh, Greg Axe, and I got his church history book and, uh, and then saw he was going to do one on Revelation and, and put that out, which I've since got as well. And, mm-hmm. and so then through that, ultimately, uh, I discovered the Living Faith Fellowship and, and looked into that a little bit. And then ultimately, you know, LFBI and, and you guys out there and, and the Postscript podcast. And so I uh, kind of got clued into all of that just through a random mention of wow. the Roundtable podcast. and uh, I, I love that. Since starting LFBI, what are some of the classes that have been really impactful to you? And, and what's it like? Also, I know early on you talked about how you weren't sure if getting involved with the Bible Institute was going to be something that, that fit in your life, fit in your schedule, the, sta- the stage right. of ministry you're in, if, if, if the school would be conducive to where you're at. Maybe explain your decision-making and... and and how you came to a place where you're like, yeah, okay, this is something I want to be involved in. I had been listening to these podcasts and uh, saw that the Bible Institute was there and that, you know, it was offered online, things like that. But uh, like you said, you know, just, you know, I'm in my late 40s, I've been in full-time ministry for 15 years, and I've got a busy schedule. And so I just thought, you know, oh, that that's, that's neat and everything, but I don't know that I would really have time for that. But um you know, the Lord just kind of kept bringing it back uh, to me. And uh, I I happened to catch uh, just a preview, like a 10-minute preview for the fall courses for LFBI. Mm. And uh, so I, and it was starting like that coming Saturday. So <laughs> I, I hear this on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever it was. And I thought, you know, I'll just, I'll just find out some information. But he, he mentioned the Genesis class. He mentioned the Matthew class. And I thought, yeah, I, I, I really feel like I want to just further um, kind of my own study, what I'm doing. Um, podcasts are great, and, and I listen to them. But uh, I just wanted to take the next step. And um, mm-hmm. the reason for that is because Growing up, I, I've always been taught and I've always kind of had a, a, a dispensational view of, of the scriptures, um, you know, the distinctions between the church and Israel, um, all of the literal fulfillment of prophecy, um, literal thousand year premillennial kingdom, all, all of those that I always believe that. Mm-hmm. But what I found out was I, I didn't always read my Bible that way. And so what I mean by that is I would come to, for example, a passage like Acts 2.38, and, and mm-hmm. so he talks about baptism. And, but I, I would read it, even though I, I know the dispensational framework, I would kind of read that with the, the church lens, if you will, and try to figure out, okay, I know baptism isn't necessary for salvation, so how does this reconcile? And then I would, you know, I, I would just default kind of to a, well, here's what it says, but here's what it really means. Well, mm-hmm. you know what kind of trouble you can get in doing that. Right. And so the more I looked into LFBI, um, I realized that that would give me just a much better doctrinal foundation. It, it would help put all the pieces in place in the scriptures. Um, and it would help me with a lot of those 
passages to rightly divide and, and, and to put them in their, in their proper place. Basically, I was reading my Bible historically and devotionally, but mm-hmm. not so much doctrinally. Um, you know, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Well, you know, they're the same thing. And then you really study and, and you realize, well, no, they're not. And they are different. Yeah. But how are they different? Why are they different? And so, um, so far, I've just taken um, a handful of, of classes, primarily the intro to Old Testament and New Testament classes, as well as uh, Genesis and Matthew. And um, I really liked the, the Genesis class. That one, that was good. Going yeah. through the book of Genesis. I, so I is, it, is it providing you that framework that you were looking for, like in terms of the doctrinal understanding? Are, are, you, are you getting the keys you need that, to, to unlock your, the scriptures for you? Yeah, it really is. Um, knowing, it's just, it's just one of those things, you know, I've, I've, I've known 2 Timothy 2.15 for as long as I can remember, rightly dividing the word of truth. But what does that really mean? And, and, and mm-hmm. this is helping to put uh, in in a very real sense, exactly what that means and, and how it's so important to do that. What I realized is, even though I had doctrinally a lot of things in their right place, um, you know, there were, there were decent sections of Scripture that uh, still a little bit of a mystery, if that makes sense. And this is just helping clear that up, you know? Yeah, and I think what you're talking about is, is what a lot of Baptists— um, that have grown up in Bible churches or, you know, a fundamental setting uh, run into, you know, they're being taught the correct doctrines. You could put it this way, maybe it's, it's the right doctrine, but using the wrong verses sometimes, you know, mm. and, uh, you know, I just found, found so many of those, those instances where that's, that's kind of what was happening. And so it's just so refreshing to see how the Bible actually does go together because it just fits together so perfectly when, when you have it in its proper place, when you realize who it's actually written to, um, and you just make those right divisions, um, really helps it come together. Yeah, what you're talking about is so exciting because the scriptures, like you said earlier, they come alive and right. they start speaking to you in a way that you never knew was even possible. And your awe, mm-hmm. your awe for God and, and his inspiration is just, it continues to increase and it builds, it ultimately it builds a stronger faith. It, it does. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so one of the things that I, I, I'm really interested about you, Scott, is, you know, you've got a ministry that you're devoted to and mm-hmm. uh, you believe in and, and, and you're taking these classes and um, obviously you desire to grow and, and to learn more and more about who God is. What is it that God's calling to you to? I mean, do you have a vision that for Seedline and, um, w- you know, where you're at right now that, that is, you know, beyond you? What, like, what's on the horizon for you? What are you praying about? What are you asking God to do? That God would just continue to give opportunity um, for the Seedline ministry here in the Northeast, for more churches to get involved and for more, uh, more scriptures to be produced. And that's such a phenomenal calling, too, is just the idea that you get to be a part of seeing the, the Word of God propagated and, and sit into right. places in the world, you know, that, that it doesn't currently exist. And I pray that your tribe increase and that, that the work that God's given you to do would continue to expand to the point where you need more and more help, you know, oh, because, yeah. because what you're doing is so important to, to yeah. the mission. Amen. 
Um, and also I want people to connect with you because we've got, you know, we've got church plants happening along the East Coast and we've got a lot of mm-hmm. churches that are in the fellowship in the East and Southeast. Uh, and uh, now that people know who you are, hopefully you can connect with some of the other churches in the fellowship. Sure. Is there an episode of the postscript that is particularly impactful to you that that has been a blessing to you and and one that you keep revisiting? I've really enjoyed the series with Greg Axe on church history. And I've also really liked, I think you've done two episodes on the unknown missionary, uh, yeah. unknown missionary biographies. And, and those have been those have been good. And those are encouraging because, you know, that that just tells me that God just wants to use somebody that wants to be used, that'll be faithful, that'll do what he's called them to do. And nobody may know the name, but yeah, that doesn't matter. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you said that. And I'm, and I hope that you and I get to be uh, those types of people. Yeah, yeah. No one has to know our name, but, but we want to be counted among the faithful. Right. Amen. Hey, Scott, thank you. Thank you for being a part of the Bible Institute. And thank you for hanging out with me today. We're, we're really grateful for you. And, and I'm really hoping at some point you and I get to meet face to face at maybe one of the conferences or, or something like that. There you go. Well, we'll see what happens. That'd be great. God bless you. And uh, we want to say thank you to our audience as well. Thank you for joining Scott and I for this episode. And we know that, that God is at work in your life too, and that he wants to uh, use you the same way he's using Scott. And he wants to grow you in, in, in the word. And, and you've got a story. You've got, a, you've got your own short. And we pray that you would continue to share your testimony with others and, and continue to grow in the word and, and continue to grow in the mission. So we're grateful for the audience. And we're grateful for every student. Uh, we love you. We're lifting you up. And we'll see you again next week for another episode of The Postscript. God bless. God bless.